Welcome back to the Snack Walls Podcast. I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. While companies think they can lure people in with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you keep them. I'm going to throw it over to our special guest today. In a few sentences, can you tell us who you are and what it is that you do? Hi. Uh, so my name is Ludo Antonov. Uh, I lead engineering at Lyft, uh, more specifically the growth team and the driver and supply teams at Lyft. Um, previously, I've worked at Microsoft, Hulu, and Pinterest. Um, I joined Pinterest uh, before Hulu, um, where you know, like still when the company was pretty small, there were just about 100 employees and 15 million monthly active users. Um, and I spent the next seven years there uh, growing, you know, like really the company to 300 million monthly active uh, and uh, almost 2,000 employees before I switched over to Lyft. Awesome. So you got a little bit of experience being inside shops. That's good. So I'm hearing from some leaders in tech that finding diverse talent is a challenge. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's, it's no surprise that, you know, really across the board, tech companies have a lot of work to do. Um, and I want to start by saying that there is a lot of very capable talent out there. Um, and I think like one of, the, one of the big challenges that I personally want to see more on is the accountability among tech executives and founders. Um, and I think that's really a critical step in terms of making sure that there is appropriate buy-in to prioritize diversity and inclusion. Um, and that it's not just like something that is a nice word, but it's really a long-term commitment. Um, you know, like to, you know, like to growing a diverse team. Um, the second thing that I think is really important is that, um, and a challenge is a lot of the tech companies are really biased to action. Um, and so it's, it's, it's really this thing where it's, a, you know, like there's a good idea and then it's just like straight up jumping into execution mode. Um, and I think with something like diversity and inclusion, um, we need to take a little bit of more of a slow approach uh, in terms of building the foundation um, on which we can uh, like make sure that future decisions are, are well made. Um, so that's something that I, I see as a challenge. Um, maybe third and final thing I'd say is that um, we haven't been really good around sharing best practices between companies. Um, I've seen in previous companies some things that, uh, that work really well are not obvious. Um, and, you know, like especially around the printerships that I've, you know, like I've, I've been just reflecting that like, hey, like if we actually were able to share more, you know, like more broadly some of these practices and more, more, more of these gotchas, um, I think we could have in- increased the rate at which we were able to get like, the diverse talent into the tech pool. Um, but the, but, you know, like, but that sharing of practice is very ad hoc right now. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no, there's no central repository of best practices yet. So yeah. maybe we'll get there. Um, what do you think about the push within some organizations to remove the requirement for CS degrees for software engineering roles? Yeah, I mean, I think um, uh, I think that that makes sense. You know, like, to be honest, I think um, the there's a few issues that um, you know like, the, that I think are, are really important there, right? Like, um, one is that I mean, to to your point, I think with the current requirements really the interview process ends up being hiring within the same pool, right? Like the interview process is very much structured around CS, uh, you know, like fundamentals, 
if you went to school with that, like then you know how to solve these kind of problems. They're not particularly applicable. You know, like they give some signal, but they're not, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, like they're not particularly applicable to the, the work that, that people end up doing day to day. Um, and, and I do, I do think it's actually like very valuable to look at relaxing some of the requirements and, um, and looking for, you know, um, uh, you know, like hire for, you know, like just, just basically to, you know, like hiring for fit, uh, as opposed to hiring for preset requirements that were really envisioned like 15 years ago. Sure. So, and I think a lot of times there's an assumption made that the only way to gain the skills of a CS degree is to go to a four-year university, when the reality these days is some of those concepts about data structures and algorithms, you know, they're available online and you can take some great online courses from MIT and Stanford, very prestigious programs. Um, and you don't necessarily have to have, you know, the full panacea of, you know, well, we're going to start at microprocessor level and then work our way up through, you know, the entire degree um, structure. So that being said, do you think an apprenticeship pattern would work for tech roles? Yeah, I mean, actually, um, I, I am a very big supporter of apprenticeships, uh, of apprenticeship models. Uh, you know, like at, at Pinterest, um, the growth team, actually my team, you know, like started the first wave of uh, apprentices. And the first year we, we did that, we had four apprentices. Um, over the next few years, we scaled it to a class of 32, um, I believe was the latest. Um, yeah, it, which 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 is you know like which is quite a bit, um, and I would say at least well, uh, this year we're committed to um, you know like well, we actually just launched the apprenticeship applications. Uh, we have over a thousand candidates, um, and uh, we're looking at um, you know like a, you know like a, at making sure that we we're fostering this um, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's awesome. Um, you know, we, we've got nine apprentices as nice. just a small organization. So I know 30 is big. 30 is, is huge. So yeah. um, what about um, what advice would you share with companies that are looking to retain diverse staff? So let's say you're able to get them into your organization. How do you keep them? Yeah, um, this is a really good question. Um, so I would say a, a few things, um, you know, like First of all, you know, like maybe I'll share like some things from, uh, you know, like from, like from, I mean, I guess like both from previous companies as well as from Lyft. Um, one one thing that's been really useful is like uh, making sure that there's inclusion circles set up. You know, like making sure that uh, they're, you know, like the folks that are diverse have this support level. You know, like quite a bit. You know, like inside the company. Um, and, uh, and I think it creates both like their ability to have a safe space to share some challenges, uh, but also it is a nice body, uh, you know, in terms of like, you know, executives to, to be able to, uh, to attend and really connect with what are the top of mind issues for, you know, like, uh, for, for, for these folks. Um, and from there it can devise a little bit of an action plan and follow through on it. Um, I mean, again, like I'll go back to the original thing that I said, which is the commitment to, you know, like to diversity is really important um, from an executive level. So um, showing that, you know, like from for, you know, like directors, VPs, executives, making sure that this is largely and broadly communicated and it's not vague, it's very specific um, is another thing. Um, 
The third thing that I would say is, you know, like, I mean, specifically some of the things that we are doing at, uh, at Lyft is uh, for every black or Latin American, you know, uh, employee that we have, um, we, you know, like we have, you know, like we create basically a, a clear development plan with their manager so that we can make sure that their personal growth is, is supported. And, and again, we're doing this uh, to make sure that, um, you know, like that, that we can support that talent in a much more, you know, like visible fashion. Absolutely. And I think with that support, it's easier for folks to thrive. So, yeah. you know, if companies really want people to stick around, then create an environment for them to do well and they won't go anywhere else because the grass isn't going to be greener anywhere else than where you're at right right now. So and actually one more thing that I was like, I, I forgot to mention this, but it's one of these very fascinating things that um, that I've heard. I attended Dev Caller maybe a couple of years ago. And one of the insights that that I got from there, um, it was actually from an engineering leader, I think it was from Square, um, was that there's this kind of invisible line um, around 30, 35% diversity within a team, uh, after which point the team becomes self-sustainably diverse going forward. Um, and uh, it's, it's really interesting. Like you would think when you hire, right? Like if you have two teams that, you know, uh, if you have two teams and you have two diverse candidates, um, the natural, you know, like urge is to place one diverse candidate in each team, <laughs> right? Uh, but then if you think about it actually from their perspective, then now they're the only diverse candidate in that team. Uh, they feel like, uh, you know, like a little bit less, uh, you know, like uh, together. And, um, and I actually, and this actually, uh, I think almost increases almost 30, 40% their chances that they would trip in the long term. Whereas if you actually try and reward the teams that are already uh, going to be to the point of more diverse and getting them over the hump to where they're self-sustainably uh, perpetually uh, diverse, um, it, it just creates this like much more of a movement forward. Um, that I thought was actually a really great insight. That I've seen it work um, both at Lyft, you know, like as well as at Pinterest. Um, it's something I, I try and do as well. Yeah, I mean, now that you say it, it seems seems like it would be it would make more sense, and it's definitely something that that I'll keep in the back of my noggin as we start yeah. sort of uh, creating some teams and dynamics. So, I like that, that's a pretty good tip. So. Who is someone like yourself that you think you'd like to acknowledge as someone that should be invited to be on the podcast like this and talk about diversity and inclusion? Yeah, I mean that's a really good, great question, and uh, I would say like I had a I had the privilege to work with a number of really amazing partners um, and leaders, both I work like that I've worked for and I've worked with, um, and I, I've I've been really lucky to actually learn from their experience. Um, you know, so when I was thinking. Uh, about this, you know, like uh, I thought, you know, like a couple of people really st uh, stood up. Uh, Candice Morgan uh, was definitely one. Um, she led uh, all of the diversity efforts of Pinterest, um, and I think she did like, a really phenomenal job um, in, in terms of just establishing that culture within the company. Uh, McIntyre, who founded DevColor, um, is another person. He's he's an engineer I used to work with in the past. And I think he's done, again, like a phenomenal job in terms of just creating, uh, you know, like, you know, like creating a really like a great space, um, you know, like for, um, you know, like for the community. Um, so these awesome. would be the kind of ones. Obviously, right. I think there's a lot of great leaders uh, at Lyft as well, you know, like that, um, that have helped uh, shape the culture here as well. Um, so, you know, like 
There's a number of them here as well. Okay, so yeah. shout out to the whole Lyft crew, <laughs> yeah, as well as those other folks. We'll keep them on the radar and see if we can get them onto the program. So where can we find out more information about what you're doing over there at Lyft or anything else that you'd like to promote? Yeah, um, no, that's a, that's a great question. So uh, I think we are careers.lyft.com. Uh, we're actually hiring quite a bit, you know, uh, and we're, especially for diverse talent, um, you know, like I, I love connecting with folks. Uh, you know, uh, I, I would say the other, the other thing is um, I'm, I'm part of the pay it forward, you know, I, I guess list. Oh, yeah. um, uh, and I've, I've met some wonderful people from there. So uh, I guess this is more of an indirect way to also promote it. I think there's some great names there in terms of folks like myself that are um, just trying to spend some time, understand the community and see what we can do to help. Right. And so for those of that aren't aware, uh, Pay It Forward started, there was a, a, a wonderful woman that put together a list of volunteers that are willing to give some of their time and their expertise to share with people that may be underrepresented um, in the in the space and give them an opportunity to get some mentorship. Or if you're a mentee, um, that'd be a great opportunity for you to you know jump in there and get some help. So love yeah. the Pay It Forward list. So that was a good one. That was, that was a great use of the interwebs that day. Yeah. So awesome. So last and most important and most challenging question for some folks, what are you snacking on lately? What's your favorite snack? Oh, wow. Uh, this is, you know, like that's a good one. Um, what am I snacking on lately? Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I love chocolate, you know, like, so I'm, I'm trying to stay away from it, but, uh, there's, uh, there's this particular kind of chocolate with raspberries, uh, you know, like bits oh, in it. Raspberries, uh, oof. Yeah. And, that sounds uh, really tasty. And the unfortunate thing is now that we're all in this COVID world, Instacart has made it way too easy for me to actually get that. Uh, <laughs> you know. Disaster. They just ship you crates of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, we, we, we ended up, like, getting, like, two-ish per week, and now we're like, just, we're like yeah, we need, to, we need to kind of cut down on that. <laughs> Nice. That's a good one, though. So yeah. thanks again. I appreciate you coming on the uh, show. Um, where, again, where can we, uh, if we're looking at a career in Lyft, where's the, what's the domain again? Yeah, it's careers.lyft.com. Careers.lyft.com. All right. Awesome. Thanks again for being on the program today. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. The San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snack Walls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The Tech Enabled Apprenticeship Program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash sdcs.io. 